Welcome back to another pep talk, everyone. For those new here, my name is Stefanos, and I am a PhD candidate in chemical engineering at Western University. And my mission is to empower and inspire. Uh, for those that are not watching this on video, I actually got a tattoo of this uh, as my dedication and my promise to the world. So I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you once again for helping to make this dream a reality. It is truly, like I said, a dream come true. So thank you. Uh, today's episode, we're actually going to be unraveling the science of sleep and its profound impact on various aspects of our personal development. Uh, and this is quite a profound study uh, because it is linked to our well-being, our physical health, our emotional health, and from productivity to goal setting to achievement, it is all underlined by good sleep. So. I want to explore the connections between sleep and our emotional balance, like I said, physical re restoration, mental clarity, and much, much more. Um, and it's not just about understanding the importance of this, it's also about taking practicable steps to change our sleep and to improve it so we can improve our lives once again. So without further ado, let's get right into it by discussing the fundamentals of sleep. So to begin with, sleep, as we all know, is a fundamental biological process that involves quite a complex interplay of brain activity, hormones, physical restoration, physiological changes, and, and, the, and the likes. Um, and sleep is typically divided into two main types. The first is REM, or uh, REM, or rapid eye movement. Uh, and the second sleep is non-REM sleep. And non-REM can be broken down even further into three different stages. Uh, the first of which is light sleep, where uh, you can drift in and out of consciousness. Stage two is a deeper state where it's characterized by slow, uh, slower brain waves, slower brain activity, and less responsiveness to the environment. In other words, that pretty, that pretty semi-deep where you're not really going to wake up if someone comes in the room. And then finally, there's stage three, which is deep sleep, otherwise known as SWS sleep or slow wave sleep. Uh, and this is characterized where the body basically undergoes the biggest physical restoration, including muscle repair and growth, and where we produce the most uh, neuroplastic changes in our mind. And this is probably one of the biggest things that I'd like to touch on today. Uh, before we get into that, though, I want to just touch on REM, first of all, um, which is associated often with vivid dreaming and is crucial for cognitive functions, cognitive repair, and basically anything that's fundamental to learning. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I also want to touch on that a little bit. <laughs> uh, so sleep cycles typically repeat multiple times throughout the night, and they roughly last about 90 minutes long. So in other words, every 90 minutes, you'll enter a phase of REM, followed by stage one, stage two, and then stage three of deep sleep, after which you will follow, uh, you will basically wake yourself up into a REM sleep again, and then repeat that cycle. Now, I want to talk, talk, talk a little bit about the science of sleep cycles because they are, um, they are crucial to understand how your body regenerates itself during sleep. Now, sleep cycles are natural and they are a recurring pattern, like I mentioned, uh, that transition through different stages of the night. Um, and like I said, they start from REM sleep and then transition into light, into deeper and deeper sleep before you wake yourself back up into a REM sleep. Uh, and the, each of these three stages of the non-REM sleep have a very significant purpose in, um, in our development. So stage one and two help prepare the brain for deep sleep by slowing down brainwave activity. Then stage three, um, which, is which is essential for physical restoration, follows suit, and this includes cell restoration and growth. So as many of you have probably heard, when you're um, quite physically active, let's say, or when you've done a lot of uh, um, thinking or learning, or you've been in class all day, stage three sleep is crucial for the, the, 
the solidifying of information or of muscles or of uh, muscular re regeneration post activity. And yeah, it is very essential that we complete multiple sleep cycles throughout the night. Otherwise, we can face severe developmental issues. And the thing that I, that I wanted to highlight primarily is just the role of sleep in learning and memory um, and memory development. So sleep plays a vital role in memory consolidation. So as I was mentioning, um, when you enter deep sleep, you are basically allowing your brain to undergo neuroplasticity, which is the, uh, the development of, neuro, of new neural pathways in your brain, which help uh, consolidate information and basically lock it in your mind. So without sleep, we basically lose out on the majority of the effectiveness of our learning and our long-term memory. So this is why it is such a crucial, um, it's crucial to take our sleep seriously. And another thing is that during REM sleep, the brain processes and organizes our memories. So once again, when we are not able to get a full cycle of sleep, our memory, um, both short and long-term, can come into effect. So it's been pretty well understood throughout throughout history now that Adequate sleep can enhance learning in more ways than we initially thought. Um, it increases problem solving, mental resilience, and our ability to, to, to tackle complex problems. And on the, on, on the other side, conversely, lack of sleep can increase forgetfulness, it can lead to difficulty concentration, and reduce our overall cognitive and physical performance. So moving on, I'd like to touch on a little bit about the, sleep, the, the relationship between sleep and personal development. So the first, the first point that I really like to make is in the clarity of your thinking. So whenever we are well rested, it is very understood that our mind is much more focused and ready to process information readily. And this, is, this clarity can transition into many different aspects of our life, into setting goals, making plans with friends or with family or at work or in a professional or academic setting. Um, and it can also help with uh, pursuing personal development and inte with intention and purpose. And building off this further, uh, sleep has a very close relationship with our resilience and the way that we can cope with stressful situations. So sleep enhances our, um, our resilience by improving our ability to cope with stressful situations. Um, and adequate rest basically equips individuals with the mental and emotional strength to tackle stressful situations, setbacks, um, short, shortcomings, and etc. And finally, the biggest connection is um, the quality of our sleep can very can very severely influence the energy for pursuing our goals. And this obviously makes sense. <laughs> um, sleep can really provide us with the energy that we need to actually tackle the goals that we're trying to set out for set out on day to day. And without sufficient sleep, we're we're not able to find the motivation or the energy or the enthusiasm to actually tackle these goals or pursue these kind of passions that we have. We've all experienced those days where, you know, you feel like you've gotten a horrible night's sleep and you just have no energy throughout the day, that is typically caused by a buildup of lack of sleep or just poor sleep. So the next thing I'd really like to touch on a little bit is uh, the connection between sleep and emotional well-being. Um, I also just want to highlight something real quick. The next few points are going to be quite uh, bullet point-y just because uh, of a lack of time of research, but <laughs> um, I hope this still conveys the message across. So like I said, the, the connection between sleep and emotional well-being. So the first thing that I'd like to highlight is sleep's impact on our emotional regulation. Now, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I am sleepy, I can become very on edge or very snappy or upset or just 
you know, we're not there basically. <laughs> um, and so sleep plays a very crucial role in the regulation of our emotions. And during deep sleep stages, our emotions are, um, our emotional experiences from the day are better processed to help us actually understand and cope with things, which is why it is a very common thing to, to hear, let's just sleep on it because that's a very real solution to a problem that might just be solved because we're sleepy. Uh, the, the next thing I'd like to highlight uh, in relation to emotional uh, regulation is mood stability. So adequate sleep is very much associated with mood stability and resilience to stress. And this is, again, like I mentioned in the previous point, very relevant to probably every one of us because we've all experienced times where we are sleepy and upset and just angry. <laughs> um, so when we're well rested, we're better able to balance our emotions and are less prone to irritability, let's say. Finally, I'd like to highlight the, the connection between REM sleep and emotional processing. So like I said before, REM sleep is typically characterized by uh, the time that we experience our dreams. And mo more often than not, whether we remember them or not, we always experience dreams throughout the night. Um, and these dreams are where, the pro where our brain processes and regulate emotions. So it really helps individuals to process their feelings and make sense of them and helps to contribute to an, a, a better growth in emotional well-being. The next thing I'd like to talk about is the physical benefits of sleep. Um, and there's three main things again that I'd like to highlight for related, related to uh, the physical incorporation of sleep. So first of all, as we all probably know, <laughs> um, sleep is, uh, is essential for muscle recovery and growth. For any of us that are um, very physical and very active, uh, it is crucial that we are getting our sleep more than ever. Uh, and this is something that I'm very guilty of. I typically would lose sleep over um, over missing out on training, but as more and more literature and meta-analyses have come out, this fact, th this thought or this notion of needing to train more has been disproven. Uh, in fact, if you have the choice between getting a few more hours of sleep or training that day, I would suggest looking into it and taking those extra few hours of sleep because you will experience more of a benefit and more of a muscle um, muscular regrowth than you would if you were to, if you were to have gone training. So take a look. Let me know what you think. Um, so yeah, stage three of non-REM sleep is the phase where our body undergoes physical restoration. Uh, and this is where muscles uh, repair and grow. So yes, it is crucial for our physical well-being as well as our mental well-being. The next thing that I'd like to highlight is um, that sleep is essential for the release of growth hormone or uh, GHG. And this again, for any of, any of us that are into uh, athleticism or fitness, Growth hormone is probably one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest factors in developing a strong physique. Uh, it helps promote the growth of, uh, mu or sorry, it helps promote muscle protein th synthesis and hence helps to grow uh, stronger and denser muscles. And then finally, uh, this goes beyond fitness, but it is the um, the improvement to our immune system and the sleep. Our, the quality of our sleep strengthens our immune system and during deep sleep our immune system produces cytokines which are proteins that help to fight off um, infections and illnesses so I again once I feel like this is something that we've all experienced but whenever I'm uh, especially tired I feel far more prone to getting sick or uh, or weak in times of um, in times of like brief sickness so just another thing to keep in mind when you're kind of kind of pondering over whether you should go to bed or not. <laughs> Now, before we get to the practicable tips that I'd like to highlight for what we can do to actually increase our sleep quality, I would like to touch on a couple things that can influence the, uh, the quality of our sleep in the first place. 
Um, so the two things I'd like to discuss are on uh, the impact of diet and then the impact of exercise and physical activity. So to begin with, diet. Uh, this is something that I have often overlooked and I felt um, I felt like this was important enough to highlight because there are simple adjustments that we can make to our um, our eating, our intake schedule that can really influence the uh, the quality that we of sleep that we get. So the first is that of timing of meals. Uh, so I found through research that eating heavy or large meals close to bedtime can disrupt sleeping just because of the, uh, of the energy consumption that it takes to digest that food. Um, so while you're still digesting food, it can lead to discomfort or in fact indigestion, which can keep you from actually reaching deep sleep, which is necessary, like we've highlighted, um, for muscular and cognitive re regeneration. Um, so with that being said, uh, it's best to try to finish eating uh, at least a few hours before bedtime to allow for digestion to occur prior to sleep. The second thing is quite obvious, it's caffeine and alcohol. Um, caffeine is obviously a stimulant that can interfere with sleep. Uh, it, pre uh, or, sorry, it prevents the release of adenosine, um, which is the, sleeping the sleepiness hormone, which allows us to actually get to sleep. Um, and it is very essential that we should avoid ca uh, caffeine consumption at least for three to four hours, let's say prior to bed. Um, I typically try and do at least six hours. Uh, I know sometimes that's difficult if there's a lot going on and you need a coffee to keep you going, but um, caffeine's half-life is in fact six hours in your system. So in other words, whenever you ingest caffeine, six hours from, from now, there will still be roughly half of that caffeine in your system. So try and just take, it, take that into account um, when you're having your last sip. Uh, alcohol obviously can um, can very severely influence your quality of sleep too. It, uh, it might make you feel drowsy in the first place, but it influences the, um, the ability for, of your body to actually uh, dive into deep, deep sleep. So just be wary as well. Um, then there's also uh, a couple sleep promoting foods that I'd like to uh, I'd like to highlight, which I had no idea were uh, really a thing. <laughs> so there's uh, a t uh, an amino acid called tryptophan, which is uh, released um, through foods, for example, like turkey or chicken, fish, bananas, and nuts. Um, and they uh, and tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin and mel um, melanin. So. Foods like I just mentioned uh, can actually help condition your body into feeling sleepier and getting yourself ready to sleep. And then finally, hydration, um, because hydration is obviously essential, uh, but it's kind of critical that we try not to get ourselves to wake up in the middle of the night to go pee. So uh, that obviously interrupts our sleep. Uh, so it is quite crucial that if we can avoid liquids for the latter half of the, of the evening, um, in other words, front load your liquids, your hydration throughout the majority of the day, and then kind of taper it off towards the end of the day. That would be ideal. Um, then I'd like to highlight the role of exercise. So obviously, uh, regular physical activity is quintessential for creating a good sleeping pattern. Um, when you engage in regular physical activity, it can positively impact your sleep cycle. Uh, and in fact, moderate aerobic exercises like walking or swimming or cycling can help promote uh, better sleep by helping you fall asleep faster or enjoying deeper sleep because of physical, physical exhaustion, quote unquote. Um, but there was one thing I wanted to highlight, and that is the timing of your exercise. Uh, so obviously, when you exercise... Uh, it can be beneficial for your sleep, but if you in train intensely prior to bed, it can actually overstimulate you and prevent you from falling asleep. So just something to keep in mind again when you're, if you're, if you're planning a, a gym session later in the evening. Now, finally, I'd like to move on to uh, some tips for improving sleep quality. Um, so there are five of these that I wrote down. Uh, the first of which is creating a consistent sleep schedule. 
Now, this is more important than I initially thought it was going to be, but when you go to bed and wake up at the same times, you are basically fixing your body's internal clock. Uh, and this makes it so much easier to fall asleep at a given time and wake up at a given time. Um, and in fact, it's probably one of the keys to actually being able to wake up earlier if you struggle with that. So I would highly recommend that we try and create a sleep schedule that is consistent day by day to allow to prevent any confusion of your body's clock as to when you should or should not go to bed. The second thing is optimizing your sleep environment. So create a comfortable sleeping environment that, um, that includes dropping your room temperature at night, um, sleeping in a quiet area, or if you can, get earplugs. Um, control the level of light that's in your room. So if there's kind of any ambient lights or anything like that, try and eliminate them entirely. Uh, I would highly recommend even getting blackout blinds if you can, or at the very least wearing a sleep mask because they can really increase the quality of your sleep. Um, then we can talk about a few relaxation techniques. Uh, and this is something that I honestly didn't really value as much as I do now, but um, doing activities like deep breathing or, um, or meditation before you go to bed uh, can really make it easier for you to fall asleep because you are winding your mind down for, um, from, from its acti active state, let's say. We should also, like I said, uh, limit caffeine to at least four to six hours prior to, um, uh, prior to bedtime. And the biggest thing, which I know we all struggle with, is screen time. Um, try and limit your screen time at least an hour before bed. Uh, the blue light really does prevent the production of melatonin in your system and it can really help, uh, it can really prevent uh, you from falling asleep when you actually want to. Finally, stress management. And this is more of an overarching kind of theme, but uh, high stress like events or high stress uh, environments can oftentimes prevent us from falling asleep deeply, can even, even, fall, even prevent us from falling asleep in the first place just due to racing thoughts. Um, now one of the best things that you could do for this obviously is practicing mindfulness or journaling um, or meditation let's say. Journaling would pr probably be my preferred method of approach because it can remove those racing thoughts from your mind and kind of lock them on a, on a sheet of paper uh, where you don't really have to keep thinking over them and keep overthinking and, you know, just the works of, of anxiety and stress. <laughs> So that was everything, guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning back in. Uh, I once again wanted to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. It really is helping to change my world. Uh, so I could not be more grateful. If you like this episode, please like, favorite, share, the whole shebang again. And I cannot wait to see everyone in the next episode. Thank you again, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Peace.